Welcome to In Social Work, the podcast series of the University of Buffalo School of Social Work at www.insocialwork.org. We're glad you could join us today. The purpose of In Social Work is to engage practitioners and researchers in lifelong learning and to promote research to practice and practice to research. We educate, we connect, we care. We're In Social Work. Hello, this is In Social Work. I am your host for this episode, Charles Sims. The idea of leadership is finding its way more often into the discussions of professional social work practice. In agencies, mission statements will often identify that agency as a leader in their particular field of service. In the mission statements of colleges and universities that are educating social workers, one can find references to training tomorrow's leaders. But what does this really mean in practice? What is leadership? What does leadership mean in and for social work? Our guest for this podcast has thoughts about these questions and offers us his insights. Mr. Chad Ali is a licensed master social worker and adjunct professor in the School of Social Work at Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. Licensed in both clinical and macro social work practice, his teaching interests include practice-based research, intervention and program planning, and bridging the gap between academic research and real-world practice. Mr. Ali is the clinical director at a community-based therapy practice and serves his local community by working to eliminate child abuse and neglect through education and awareness. In this podcast, our guest considers a number of elements he thinks important when talking about leadership. He identifies two kinds of leadership and describes the different types of leaders. He addresses the differences among three leadership roles, supervisors, managers, and leaders. Mr. Ali points out the need for social work to develop and cultivate more leaders, saying that while social work is providing the service to those in need, they are often absent from the decision-making tables. He also wonders whether in the profession's movement towards a more clinical focus, we have moved away from our historical mission of advocating for economic and social justice. And might this have implications for the development of leadership within the profession? Mr. Ali finishes the discussion by offering ideas for transferring micro-oriented skills to leadership and additionally identifying next steps. He was interviewed in September of 2015 by Steve Schwartz. I want to welcome our guest today, Chad Ali, to our podcast audience. And today, we're going to be talking about the main area of his topic of interest, which is leadership and social work. So first, Chad, can you tell us how did you first get interested in the issue of leadership in social work? All right. Well, thanks, Steve. Back in 2003... I started working in a residential treatment home, and it was working with kids that were between the ages of 10 and 21, and all of the kids had been abused and neglected, and it was a community-based home. And I started to realize then that you know, I was working with really good people, doing really good work. It felt like something was missing, just something was off, and it really kind of felt like the tangible piece now that I look back that was missing was hope, hope that things could be different, hope that the outcomes for the kids could be different than a, a pipeline into prison, the hope that the system itself could be different. 
the idea overall that really anything could be different. Kind of at the time, I didn't realize it, but what was missing was the idea that change could be made. I didn't know what it was, and it was frustrating to see these good people kind of come and go. I was lucky to get a mentor and was supported, and I was able to complete my BSW and complete my MSW and have wonderful internship experiences with the executive director of a large social service agency. I had a really good advanced general experience for both of my MSW or social work degrees. I was able to work with clients and work in management, work in finance, advocate for systems change, experience a little bit of international social work. But even after all that, I still felt something was missing. I really experienced the disconnect between academic research and practice. I went back to school and got a business degree in organizational leadership and business administration. And then I ended up with a graduate certificate in social welfare research and evaluation to help complement and build on the strengths of social work. And I still felt that something was missing, but I don't want to portray that it was a deficit. I don't think it's a deficit at all. I remember sitting in class and learning that, you know, there's great people that founded our field and changed the world. And I wasn't sure that I knew how to connect that to how I could do those things. So it sounds like that you began to observe that there might be a lack of leadership in social work or at least a lack in it being visible. I was just going to ask who were or who are the social work leaders that you identified? Well, one of the things is, is that you're right. I did begin to kind of experience that you know, maybe there was something missing from leadership and, and social work, especially when I got my business degree. We're very focused on that, and I found myself kind of advocating in class for our field overall. I was, you know, one student out of many, and I was the only person in kind of the type of field that we work in. It made me start to think, like, you know, what are we doing as a profession? And just like when we work with clients, my thoughts are never about deficits. And so when we look at the profession, it's not about deficits. At the time, I remember sitting in class, and I wanted to find ways to engage social workers to develop our strengths. And most of my classwork at the time was, how can we work as a profession? That's really where it came from, is, is sitting in class. I was like, how do we do this together? How do we do this? So I started asking, you know, where we are and how we got here, and then how do we work collaboratively and come together and organize and invest in our field? and really kind of enhancing our leadership potential. And what I noticed when we talk about social work leaders is where are the social work leaders? In our state, here in Michigan, we have Debbie Sabinow, who's a U.S. senator and really is an amazing champion for families. We have a strong NASW state chapter that's working to grow and engage on both the state and local level. You hear about, from history, Florence Kelly and Mary Richmond and Ellen Starr and Frances Perkins. But if we take a second and look back at the founder of the profession, Jane Adams, think about, so Jane Adams, you know, engaged looking for safe labor laws and immigration policies and families and poverty, fair wages, unions, the right to vote, education, NAACP, winning the Nobel Peace Prize, all of those social concerns. And I remember thinking then, and I would challenge you now to show if we compare the social issues that Jane Adams was advocating and trying to resolve at her time, how are things that we're facing right now really that much different? They don't sound a lot different. The solutions may be different, but the problems still remain. You have talked with me about examples of kinds of leadership that your teaching and research is focused on. Right, Steve. So there are a couple things to think about when we look at the kind of the definitions of leadership. So kind of that broad definition is, you know, taking a person or a group 
from where they are to a place they wouldn't go on their own. And that really is kind of the embodiment of leadership. It's helping people get somewhere they wouldn't be able to go on their own. So there's kind of two main areas of leadership. There's transformational and there's transactional. Transformational, it changes the leader and changes the follower and it impacts the world. And I like to describe this when I talk about it and in, in use people. The idea of we can look at Jane Addams, we can look at Gandhi, we can look at JFK, we can look at Martin Luther King. And those types of leaders that transform the world, you know, a transformational leader is someone that's not limited. They want to change, they want to transform, they want to shape the thinking of their followers, they challenge their followers, they inspire their followers, and there's a sense of purpose. One of the key things with transformational leadership is vision. They have a vision, they know what they want to get to, and they're able to kind of communicate that vision to others. There's also transactional leadership. This is, for me, the type of leadership that makes the world go round. It keeps the trains on time, keeps the bills paid. Transactional leaders focus their leadership on motivating people. They oftentimes use a system of rewards and punishments. In our field, we might consider this a token economy or even behavior modification. They're concerned about following the rules. They don't make up new rules. They keep things the way they are. And a transactional leader is someone that establishes and standardizes ideas and practices and really is the kind of person that we need to kind of keep the wheels moving. Sounds like, well, the transformational leaders are fairly unique and not very common, but it may well be that, I think as you've mentioned before, that social work has a history of transactional leadership that it can rely on. And you've also talked about different kind of subtypes may help some of the listeners understand some other kinds of leadership or characteristics of leadership that you've taken a look at? Well, there are many different kind of subtypes of, of leadership, but there's three that I think are important because they, they tend to be the three that, that come up most often. We look at authoritarian leaders, we look at paternalistic leaders, and we look at democratic leaders. So just to briefly explain, authoritarian leadership, it's very strict a lot of control. It's about following regulations and policies and procedures. It's about really kind of making sure the leader stays the leader. They have very professional relationships. There's usually not a lot of personal relationships. You can think about kind of direct supervision, and we can talk about ways that workers in this type of environment are really there to make sure the vision happens. This is the kind of boss that a lot of us as social workers don't care to work for. We've all probably had these people in our life where it's very authoritarian and there's not a lot of room to kind of step out of lines or even express ideas. Another type of leader that kind of comes up often is paternalistic leadership. In some ways, we're talking about a father figure taking care of their support. It's really about trust and loyalty. And in this type of leadership role, the followers are very committed to the leader because they're taken care of in a lot of ways. It doesn't, to me, fit very well with social work either because we want to be able to advocate not only for ourselves but for our clients. Then there's this idea of democratic leadership. And in this, the leader shares decision-making, much like we share decision-making with our clients. We promote the interest of the groups, and there's a lot of equality that, that happens. In this, there's a lot of discussion that takes place, and there's a lot of debates and sharing of ideas and encouragement. People feel good when they're able to kind of advocate and take ownership for, for the process that happens. You know, boundaries, especially compared to authoritarian and paternalistic, are, are more open. It tends to be more personal. And this really is kind of the type of leadership that seems to fit 
pretty well with social work. And it's, it's the kind of culture that I think, you know, the social workers listening are probably drawn to and would like to work in. So you're really advocating for a democratic subtype of a transactional kind of leadership that would fit both the experience and training and the needs of social workers. In my experience, like having a more democratic process, it really kind of affects not only the people that work there, but the leaders, the supervisors, the managers, the culture of the agencies. It's all uh, influenced because there's ownership. And really, when you mention transactional leadership, that is a great way to keep things moving. But I like the idea of also adding in transformational leadership when we talk about the field overall so that we can build our field together and really kind of change the way we think about things, not only do the things, but change the way we think about things and kind of move forward as a profession. So the transformational leader is one who can inspire change, and the transactional leader also is the one who kind of makes it happen. And the democratic model is the most effective way in order to make that happen. That makes good sense. You've also, if you could help us understand some of the differences or distinctions that you're making between supervision, managers, and leaders. Right, Keith. So those words tend to be used pretty interchangeably. A lot of people look at those and they call you, you know, maybe call you a supervisor, call you a manager, and call you a leader. But there's a couple different ways that we can kind of distinctly talk about those. So supervisors tend to be the people that do the direct line supervision. Those are the people that kind of help push the paper, follow the processes, make sure things get done on time, make sure deadlines are followed. And that usually is kind of the first line. Managers then are the ones that set up those processes. They're the ones that are in that middle level that make sure that the overall function of the agency is happening. There tends to be more decision-making allowed at the management level. Supervisors go to managers to get assistance and clarification and to get direction. Then when we look at leaders, leaders are the ones at the top. Leaders are the ones that should be sharing the vision. They should be setting the purpose. They should be setting the direction. Most leaders aren't concerned with the supervision and management piece because they hire good people to do good work, and they know that work is getting done, and they allow people to work independently. This is where the idea of transactional and transformational come together. Supervision and management really would be more transactional. Transformational, then, would be the leader. What I'm looking at in social work is that we do a pretty good job at that transactional level. We do a pretty good job of helping our clients and, and advocating for things on that level. So when we kind of turn this lens on ourselves and what we're doing as a field, I really think we need both transactional leadership to move us forward and transformational leadership to kind of enhance who we are as a profession. Well, this reminds me of a discussion you and I had about the leaders being the architect and the managers and supervisors being the builder. And both are critical. You need the vision and the blueprint to set a direction, but you also need to make sure that there is movement toward getting there. And the way in which you've described supervision management leaders is fairly consistent. And it doesn't make one more important than the other. It says that it's the synergy of them together that helps the organization move. And I would assume, by extension, make the field move. Uh, Steve, I would agree. And actually, that is a good place that makes me think about some things that I've observed in social work. And again, these are not deficits. But what I've noticed is I you know, interact with community members is that social work in a lot of ways is doing the work, but then is often 
absent from the decision-making table. And when I teach a class or I speak to groups, I, I always ask, who are the social work leaders? Who are the people leading social work right now? And I always say, like, if we were to say, is there one person we could come up with that most people in the room would know who that is, that would recognize their name? And, and honestly, since 2000, probably five, I've never had a name that has come up that most people would know. And so when you just mentioned, you know, transactional and transformational leadership, there are always regional and local people that come up because social work has leaders. We have lots of leaders. But because as a profession we're not actively grooming and developing and supporting our leaders on a large scale, I really think that we're doing ourselves a disservice. We do the transactional stuff very well. It's that transformational stuff is a field that we need to work on. I think if we really kind of think back to the roots of social work and the broad-scale micro, meso, and macro-level impacts that Jane Adams had, and then our shift kind of as a profession to the majority clinical focus, I think that we've really stepped away from a large part of our mission to fully engage and advocate for social and economic justice on all levels and away from advocating for our field. In our current structure of a more silo-focused education, more silo-focused academic roles, I question, do social workers have to be macro or in management or advanced journalists to learn leadership skills? It's not about whether there's a deficit in leadership in social work, but whether or not we're kind of perpetuating this idea that when you're clinical, you can't be anything other than transactional. What I'm asking is, like, as a field, can we move into that transformational part of things? So help us identify what the transferable skill sets are that would help a social worker move into leadership and the strength leadership skills inherent in social work that would allow what you've just offered to happen? Well, I think when we look at transferable skills, we as a profession advocate for other people. So I think right there, we already know how to advocate for others. How do we advocate for ourselves? This is about a place at the table for us. It's about framing the debate for us. We're a strength-based field. We can do this. We can create a climate to find and develop social work leaders. We can advocate for ourselves, our clients, and our society. And really, this is a parallel process. We're doing these things right now, helping others help themselves. I think that we can easily help ourselves now. You know, in a lot of ways, social work has a negative connotation because we're borrowers of knowledge. We could go to almost any academic journal and search for an article or research on foster care or poverty, and we'd have a really hard time finding something written by a social worker. And so I'd like to really kind of see us move to take our practice knowledge and start contributing that to the knowledge base. You know, I talked about transferable skills. You know, social work's about bringing people together. It's about helping others help themselves. Leadership is inherent to that process. I think that we're already doing these things. When we look back at those definitions of transformational leadership, our field embodies change. Our field embodies transformation. Our field embodies redirecting and helping people shift their thinking. We already are challenging and inspiring our clients. That's what, what we're there with the sense of purpose we do these things. You know, it's really hard to go out and find a social worker that doesn't love their job. We create that vision for others and we communicate this idea to others. What I'm saying is that I think that we have those inherent skills. I may even question whether they need to be transferable or not, because I think we have them. I think what we need to do is each of us develop our own inner Jane Adams. 
You've talked about the next steps and used very creative language. Would you like to share it with our listeners? So, Steve, one of the things that I like to kind of champion and advocate for is this concept of being positively frustrated. And I would love people to kind of leave our talk after listening and, and leave positively frustrated. Be curious about what's moving forward. Be frustrated about the things that are happening, but be positive about that. And to think about, like, the next steps. What's the one thing that you can do? Like, what's one thing you can learn? What can you contribute? Like building on your natural curiosity to move away from the idea of being positively frustrated towards new skills, towards new answers, and a new way of doing things. Identifying strengths and the strengths of others. Working together. We need a model for social work leadership, a model that fits the strength and unique skill sets that are inherent in social work. I think it's not about fitting social work into leadership. It's about developing leadership that enhances social work. And we do that together. We do that from starting out being positively frustrated. Well, I think you've summarized it better than I could and really used the strength-based, optimistic, hopeful approach to be able to kind of give direction and final advice to practitioners, teachers, researchers, and anyone else who's listened today. And uh, I appreciate your creativity, the way you've framed things in a positive way, and I hope we will hear from you again in the near future. Thank you very much. I, my final thought would be that for people not to wait. You know, leadership's not about position, it's about taking action. And what can you do to build your own skills and what can you do to help others help themselves? I think that's wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing with us today. And I hope that we can have another talk with you again. Thank you, Steve. You have been listening to Mr. Chad Ali talk about leadership and social work. We hope you have enjoyed the discussion. Please join us again at In Social Work. Hi, I'm Nancy Smith, Professor and Dean of the University of Buffalo School of Social Work. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We look forward to your continued support of the series. For more information about who we are as a school, our history, our online and on-the-ground degree in continuing education programs, we invite you to visit our website at www.socialwork.buffalo.edu. And while you're there, check out our Technology and Social Work Resource Center. You'll find it under the Community Resources menu.